This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. Well, thank you, Pastor Chris, for asking me to be part of this series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit leading up to Easter. And thank you for allowing me part of your teaching team on Wednesday nights. I always enjoy teaching when the need and the opportunity arise. And let me add this. Pastor Chris is one of the best teachers I've ever heard. And the Lord uses him week after week to bring such fresh insight into God's Word. Yes, we are blessed. We are blessed to have such a gifted pastor. Now, tonight, Pastor Chris has asked me to bring a practical word. So this, this is not a deep, exegetical message like he normally brings, but just a practical word relating to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I want to start by saying the Holy Spirit is gifted. Now, I want to consider a few passages. Both Pastor Chris and Danny mentioned 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11 in their messages. So I'm not going to read those passages again. But Paul does mention several gifts of the Holy Spirit there, such as wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. But then in 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 28, Paul expounds on that list. Now, he mentions several of the gifts previously mentioned, but he adds now the gift of helps and administration. So let's look at this verse. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, and those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different types of tongues. Now, in Romans 12, 6 through 8, he's going to add additional gifts. Let's look at that. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So now Paul has added to his list of gifts, the gifts of service, exhortation, giving, leadership, and mercy. And even then, that's not all the gifts of the Spirit. Some Bible scholars also list the gift of intercession and hospitality as a gift of the Spirit. Now, I've said all that to make the point. The Holy Spirit is gifted. Are you getting that? He is gifted. And there being so many gifts that the Spirit brings, then there are a lot of questions that we need to ask ourselves. Who has spiritual gifts? What are spiritual gifts? What's the purpose of a spiritual gift? How do I discover my spiritual gift? Now, I want to give you three observations relating to the gifts of the Spirit. First, all believers have one or more spiritual gifts. You know, at the time of salvation, you were born again. The Holy Spirit is the one who drew you to Christ in the first place. He caused you to see your need for Christ. And he even imparted to you the faith to enable you to trust Christ as Savior. And at that time, he gave you a measure of faith. Not only were you saved, but the Holy Spirit put a deposit in you, gave you one or more spiritual gifts. And he comes with many gifts. 
And consider just for a moment what he does with those gifts. Now, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So the Holy Spirit has some gifts to pass out, and it's for the common good. Then in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, he says, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So as the Holy Spirit distributes gifts, he's doing it in a very strategic way. He determines who gets what gift, and he's setting up the body of Christ the way he desires. So what do you do with that gift? 1 Peter 4.10 says, As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So you've received a spiritual gift, and you are to use that gift to minister to others. So when I say others, that means believers and unbelievers alike. And most likely, you have one or more spiritual gifts. I mean, given the variety of gifts, the combination of gifts we can actually possess are endless. Now think of it like this. We usually have what I call a primary gift mix. And that in some ways determines our spiritual personalities. The gift mix does make an impact on the person I become and what I do in the body of Christ. And I know this to be true. Every function in the body of Christ has a member to perform it. There's a place for every believer. There's a place for you. And God wants all of us to do more than just sit on a pew. There is a spiritual gift in you waiting to be used. And as you use your gift, here's what happens. The body is built up. The lost are saved. And the kingdom of God expands. Now, here's my second observation. You can experience other gifts of the Spirit at the direction of the Holy Spirit, even though it's not your primary gift mix. Now, I'm going to give you some personal examples. I understand my gift mix. The Holy Spirit has used me the most in the area of teaching and administration. Those are the areas where I consistently experienced the manifestation of the Spirit the most. However, there are times when I experience other gifts. You want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Listen for his voice because he may want to use you in another setting to accomplish something he wants done. Now, that being said, there have been a few times where I experienced the manifestation of the gift of word of knowledge. <clears throat> Pam and I have a friend that throughout her life in ministry, she has flowed in the word of knowledge. And she has got 40 years of fruit to back it up. I don't have that kind of gift. But there have been times when that occurred. Maybe because I was available at that moment. Many years ago, I had an experience that made an impact on me. That showed me how important it is to follow through on the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And at the time, He directs you. It was a Wednesday afternoon... And I became burdened for a minister I know in another city. And I found myself praying for him. And he's not someone I talk to on a regular basis. As the afternoon went on, the burden became more intense. And finally, it reached the point 
I felt this overwhelming desire to call him and say two things. God loves you, and I'm praying for you. I'm going to be real honest with you. I felt kind of foolish to call another minister and tell him something like that. Because I thought, that's not very profound. He knows God loves him. And so finally, I followed through on the prompting. I called and I said, you've been on my heart all day. I felt they need to call you and just say two things. God loves you and I'm praying for you. He said, thank you. And that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> now, I felt very foolish. But I do know all the pressure I felt inside was gone. Why was the pressure gone? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. First, Danny said it so well last week. I had received a gift of a word of knowledge. And then I passed it on to the individual that God intended it for. And second, I had obeyed the Lord and followed through even though I felt somewhat foolish. There comes a time you have to act in faith on what you're experiencing. And even when I did, it still didn't make any sense to me. I'd understand all that was happening. We see in part and we know in part. Two weeks go by and he and his wife show up at my office. And I invite them in. And he did not go into detail. But here's what he said to me. There's something you need to know about the day you called. We were in a crisis of faith. And the moment you called, we were on the floor praying in our bedroom. And I said, Lord, do you even love us? And my wife said, Lord, is anybody praying for us? And as soon as we got that out of our mouth, the phone rang. You called. And you said, God loves you. And I'm praying for you. And this is what he said. He said, that saved my life. He said, right then and there, we knew God had heard us. God was with us. And he had led us through the crisis. And you see what the Holy Spirit had done? God began dealing with me hours before the moment it was to be given. And if I had even delayed five minutes... I could have missed the impact that had. And see, from my perspective, it wasn't significant. From my perspective, it wasn't profound. I didn't know what was happening on that end. But you know what? It was significant to him. It was powerful to him. And what a, an encouragement to him. And I tell you what, that, that experience made a lasting impact on me. And I thought, no matter how foolish I feel, when I feel that unction or that urging... I'm going to follow through. I don't care if I look foolish. It's not about me, whether I look good or not. It's what does God want to do? And you're there, I just kind of ask myself some simple questions. When I feel that, I always ask myself, do I have some kind of hidden agenda? Well, in that situation, I didn't have any hidden agenda. What I had to share, did it violate any scriptural principle? No, no, it lined up with the word. God loves us. He wants us to pray for one another. And did it reveal the father heart of God for his children? Well, it did. And so I felt like I was safe to share what I shared. Now, there have been times, there have been at least three occasions in my life where I know I experienced the gift of faith. And one of the times occurred in 1989 when the district asked me to assume the pastorate of the church in Sand Springs. 
And the church had gone through very difficult days. There were so many challenges. Listen, I, even after I'd been there a year, people say, you're still there? You, you actually went to that church and you stayed? But here is the thing. There were all these challenges. And you know what? I didn't see challenges. The Lord opened up eyes of faith unlike any time in my life. And all I saw were opportunities. And you know what? God turned it all around. And we end up spending, you know, 29 years there. But if God had not given me the gift of faith in that season of my life, I probably would not have accepted the assignment. And here's why. Nobody in their right mind would have done that in the natural, given all the challenges. But see, the gift was manifested so I could fulfill God's plan and purpose in that setting. While my primary gift mix is teaching administration, it does not mean that God will not use me or use you in other areas to accomplish his purposes at times. So it's important to create spaces in your life for the Holy Spirit to use you in other areas. And then there's one more observation I want to give you. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit or a spiritual gift will take you into a supernatural dimension. The gifts of the Spirit enable us to do more than we could do on our own or in the natural. Now, for example, maybe you don't have the gift of mercy, but you still need to be a gracious, kind, generous, merciful person. You may not have the gift of giving, but you know what? That does not exempt you from giving. We are to honor the Lord with the tithe, the first fruits of our income. We're to honor the Lord with offerings above the tithe. God's a giver. If I want to grow in Christ and become like him, I've got to become a gracious and giving person. And the truth is, the more generous I am with God, the more generous he is with me. But see, that has nothing to do with the gift of giving. We are to give in obedience and out of love for God. We put him first. However, the gift of giving can take you into a supernatural dimension Enable you to give more than you even thought you were capable of. And I, along with many in the congregation that I served, experienced that in the very first building program we entered. I don't have time to tell you all that God did. But we went beyond reason giving. We went beyond sacrificial giving. And God began to do something supernatural. It was incredible. The whole time, the weeks, the months, we're in a building program God did miracles where he was literally pouring money into our hands in unusual supernatural ways for us to give. And we all gave far beyond our ability. And, and I saw this throughout the entire congregation. Why would a congregation experience the gift of giving? Because God wanted something fulfilled. He had a purpose at that particular season and we could not have accomplished it without that gift of the Spirit. So are, are you getting this? Are you following what I'm saying? So let's talk briefly about using your spiritual gift. Who's going to benefit if you spirit, use your spiritual gift? Well, for one, you're going to benefit from it. You make your life count. There's something within us that wants to make a difference. God gave us that desire. And when you discover and you use your gift, it's going to bring you joy and fulfillment in your life. 
And second, discovering your gift and using your gift is going to help the church grow. The church has an assignment from Jesus himself. We are to go into all the world, not just make converts, but we are to make disciples. And just as Jesus ministered in the power of the Spirit, just as he flowed in all the gifts of the Spirit, he had to, to accomplish God's plan. Well, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit to accomplish God's plan, oh my goodness, how much more do we need it? You know, he's our example. And, and we cannot fulfill the kingdom plan apart from the Holy Spirit. But when we walk in the Spirit, rely on the Spirit, and allow the Holy Spirit to use us, the church becomes a powerful force in this world to advance God's kingdom. But not only is it important to use our gift, we need wisdom to minister our gifts. And often there's a lot of confusion around the use of spiritual gifts, and that really shouldn't be. Here's why. The scripture gives very clear guidance on spiritual gifts. And when we stay in line with the word, it all works. Now, I don't have time to expand on this, but I do want to mention two common mistakes that I have seen in the church world when it comes to spiritual gifts. There are two abuses I would encourage you to avoid. And the first abuse that you want to avoid is what I call gift exaltation. That occurs when we exalt the importance of one gift over another. And there have been some throughout the years that thought having certain gifts constituted spiritual maturity. But that is not true. Now here's an example. In the early days of Pentecost, some actually thought tongues was the greatest gift. Tongues and praying in the Spirit on a regular basis is very important. It is a wonderful gift. However, we need to remember it's one of many. I'll never forget serving as an associate pastor in AG Church in Texas many, many years ago. And the pastor asked me to teach a class, a Sunday morning class on the gifts of the Spirit. And as we got into the study, I was amazed at how many people said things like this to me. I never heard of the gift of the word of knowledge. I never heard of the gift of the word of wisdom. Now get this, they knew about tongues, but they had very little knowledge of their other gifts of the spirit. So we need to avoid placing a greater value on one gift over the others. And here's why. We need all the gifts of the spirit. He gave them all. Why? Each one of them is needed and they're precious. And then second, I would encourage you to avoid gift projection. And this is what I mean by that. People who are involved in gift projection are very passionate about the gifts God given, has given them. But here's the problem. They expect everyone else to operate with that same passion about that particular gift. Now, it's normal to be passionate about your gift. You should be. But just don't project that same passion onto other people who have a different set of gifts. But, you know, I found that people with particular, or you really fall into this, into gift projection, they can get critical of others who don't operate in the same passion they have. You just can't impose your gift on somebody else. And remember, the Holy Spirit's the giver of all the gifts are all important, and he gives them according to his will. Now, here's where I want to end up. You can experience many different gifts of the Spirit as you walk out God's plan for your life. 
But I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning. We tend to have a primary gift mix. And there will be an area where you'll see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit the most. It's also my conviction that when God opens a door that matches our gift, we need to go through it. In 2003, I made the first of what will become many mission trips to Ukraine. And on this particular trip, I was speaking at a pastor's conference in Creve Rogue, and our team was involved in church planning around Dnipro. Creve Rogue was a city of about 800,000 people. Very Ukrainians had cars. So the church that was sponsoring the pastor's conference had two locations on each end of the city so the Ukrainians could walk to church. Following the pastor's conference, I was invited to speak at one location, and the other conference speaker would speak at the other location on Sunday morning. Now, by this time, I had ministered a lot. I had ministered all throughout the week, even one day, literally all day long, from nine until five one day. And I was just exhausted. And it had been a very challenging week for me. And so following this, this conference, I declined the inv invitation. I, I was just exhausted. And I really wanted to be with our team back in Nipro because I'd spent very little time with them. So I declined. And now it is Saturday night. I go to bed. And I wake up about 3 a.m. on Sunday morning. And I knew I had made a mistake. You ever had one of those moments? I knew I'd made a mistake. And I heard the Holy Spirit whisper to me, I have given you a gift to be shared. I need you to speak to this congregation. I need you to teach. I got up, began to pray. And in no time, I knew the word I was to share. And so at 7 a.m., I'm making a three-hour trip back to Creve Road. And remember, this is a big city. And I'm dropped off on one side of town, and the other ministers on the other side of town. And I'm the only American on, on this side of town. And I'm all by myself. And the Iron Curtain had just really fallen. And there was still this threat and this intimidation from the KGB. And they had threatened to arrest me and the other speaker and to shut the meeting down. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what have I done? I'm in some remote part of Ukraine. My family's back in Oklahoma. What have I done? And this, this spirit of fear just tried to, you know, come up on me. And I thought, no, 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 no. I'm here. I'm doing what God called me to do. And you know what? When I got up and began to teach, I felt God's hand. God showed up. The gift of teaching was manifested. And you know what? That morning became the most significant time of ministry for me on the entire trip. But here's the point. The gift God places in us makes room for us. See, the gift God places in you, doors will open. God will open doors for you. But he will not make you go through them. You know what? You have to walk through it. And so when you feel that unction or that impression You've got to go through that door. You've got to open your mouth. You've got to act in faith. You've got to do something. Now, this is where we're going to wrap up. I'm going to look at a passage in 1 Timothy 4, 11 through 16. Because in this passage, Paul offers us some wisdom on how to grow in our gifts. Now, if Pastor Chris was preaching on this passage, he would spend 10 weeks in it. I've got 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so we're going to have to go through this quickly. Let's look at it. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for believers in speech, in life, in faith, in love, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to public reading of Scripture and to preaching and teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So I'm going to go through this very quickly. Now, I really believe there's some insight on discovering and using our spiritual gifts. Number one, I'd encourage you, explore God's word. Paul admonished Timothy to teach on certain things. See, studying God's word and spending time in God's presence is going to help you discover your gift and learn how to use your gift. There is a link between hearing God's voice and the use of your, a link between you hearing God's word and, and using your gift. And there's a link between your study of God's word and using your gift. God's word provides a check and balance for the use of our spiritual gifts. And remember, God's work always has to be done God's way. Where are you going to learn his way? From his word. So spend time in the word. Number two, encourage yourself when it comes to spiritual gifts. Paul told Timothy he was let no one look down on him because of his usefulness. We believe Timothy may have been around 38 years old at the time. And apparently some thought he was too young for the job. But Paul basically says, Timothy, you keep using your gift in spite of what other people may think about you. And there are times you're going to have to encourage yourself. And you're going to have to make every effort to grow in the Lord and use your gift. And I also encourage you, never be critical of other people as they attempt to use their gift. Remember, we're all in the same boat. We're all trying to grow in grace, in our knowledge and understanding of God and his ways. Number three, be an example to others. We need to exhibit Christian graces above the gifts. That's why Paul told Timothy, be an example for other believers in speech, in life, in faith, and in purity. And the bottom line is this, it doesn't matter how many gifts you have, you're going to make the greatest impact on people, and it's going to have everything to do with your conduct, of how you have loved them, and how you have lived your life. So we want to be an example for others to follow. Number four, experiment. There are times you just got to attempt to do something to discover your spiritual gift. In 1 Timothy 4.4, we read it. Paul says, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to teaching, and to preaching. So Paul is, is encouraging Timothy to keep using his gifts and growing in them. And I know this to be true. Spiritual gifts are discovered much like we discover our natural abilities. And here's some suggestions that can help you. What needs stand out to you in the body of Christ? you are going to be most sensitive to the needs in the body that match your gift. There's a reason for that. If you see a need that is not met, 
There's a reason you're seeing it and others don't. It is a good chance that God has gifted you in that area. And then I would add there are times you just have to step out in faith and attempt to do something. Step out in faith and see what happens. You know what? You might enjoy it and have success. And if you don't enjoy it and you don't have success, well, you can check that one off. You know it's not your gift. But you, sometimes you just got to attempt to do something. Number five, exercise your gift with diligent. diligence. Paul tells Timothy to be diligent in these matters. And the more you use your gift, the better you get at it. And I would encourage you to stir up the gifts of God within you. I mean, in the morning, just pray, God, I want to stir up the gifts of God within me. You may not even know what they are. God does, and they're there. You know, we look at our nation. Folks, this is a dark time in American history. The darkness is just permeating throughout our culture. But we are called for such a time as this. If we're going to make a difference, we need to stir up the gifts of God within us. And we have got to have the power of the Holy Spirit if we're going to make a difference in, in such a dark world. Okay, number six, evaluate your effectiveness. Paul told Timothy, be diligent in these matters so everyone will see your progress. Spiritual gifts are task-oriented. The use of your gift will produce something positive. Use your gift and look for results. Are people benefiting from the use of your gift? What areas do you seem to be most effective in? The areas where you are most effective in and you enjoy the most are good indicators that you're gifted in that area. And then seventh, expect results. In verse 16, Paul tells Timothy he would see results. This is what he says. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. That's a positive result. That is a task-oriented gift that has produced a result. He says, you persevere in them, because if you do, you say both yourself and your hearers. So when we use our spiritual gifts, we see results. Now, Pastor Chris has asked us to take a time of seeking the Holy Spirit, waiting on him, and allowing him to speak to us. We're not trying to make anything happen. We're not trying to to manufacture anything, but we want to create that space for the Holy Spirit to do something in our lives. So if our worship team would come back, and I want you to go ahead and stand with me, and we're going to take just a few minutes. We're going to worship. We're going to make the Holy Spirit welcome. We want to get into His presence and, and just see if the Holy Spirit wants to do something unusual tonight. And if you, if you aren't sure what your gifts are, as you're waiting there in His presence, the Holy Spirit may want to whisper to you and, and begin giving you some insight and some knowledge, understanding what your gifts are. Or, or maybe you know your gifts, but you haven't been using them. Begin to pray that God will give you opportunities. Our gifts make room for us. They do. 
But let's just take a minute. Let's just begin to worship the Lord, to wait on the Holy Spirit. And let's just see. Let's just open up to Him. Let Him speak to you. There may be someone in the room, like Danny showed last week. Someone in the room may want to go pray for someone. You might have a word of knowledge for someone. And, you know, whatever takes place in here, you know what? It can take place out there, too. You know, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit aren't for the four walls of the church. They're for us to take to the world. And just to learn how to use the gifts, walk in the gifts of the Spirit in a very natural way. But let's just begin to worship Him and let's see what He'll do. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.